0: You have Acts chapter 19, verse 1. It says this, while Apollos was, was at Corinth, Paul took the road to the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Father, I ask that you would continue to move as you have so far in this service, that you would grab our attention through your spirit and help us to receive what you've always longed to give to us, your power. I pray blessings in Jesus' name, amen. So here we have, look at the story, 12 men who loved God and were considered disciples, right, but they did not Understand or know the Holy Spirit. Now, and if you look at the, the, the history of Apollos, Apollos was known to be a great orator. He was a great speaker. And, he, and that was his gift. And he had people that loved to hear him speak, and his words were inspiring enough that they followed him. So they come in contact with Paul and he asked them a, a very simple question: um, Did you receive the Holy Spirit? And to I imagine Paul's surprise, and probably to some of your surprise today, uh, they have said, um, we never even heard of that Holy Spirit. Hmm? See, this reality was so evident during Paul's time that Luke, the author of Acts, felt the need to chronicle this unfortunate reality so that we would, it would come to light. And when you look at it, 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 it's unfortunate then because it was noob. However, the, the fact of this matter is most Christians today come to know Jesus but do not come to know the Holy Spirit. See, and, and, and that's just a fact. Why? Because most people don't have that power. They say, oh, I'm struggling, Pastor. What are you struggling with? Oh, I'm struggling with this or that. Whatever you put, the, put in there. And I, and I understand there's times of struggle. However, when you have the Holy Spirit, then there has to be times of victory, right? So if you're having the same struggle over and over and over and no victory, then something is very wrong. I would dare say that you've met Jesus, but you've never understood the Holy Spirit because it is the anointing, the Holy Spirit, that gives us the power to break yokes of bondage, right? So so the only way for you to, to be open to the touch of the Holy Spirit does that, let me ask you, does anybody want to be touched by the Holy Spirit? Amen. The only way to be touched is you have to gain knowledge because the battle is up here. And if your mind can convince you that you don't need that, the Holy Spirit is such a gentleman that he won't come. He will never over, overrule what you want. He'll only come to where he's invited. Amen. And the only way to to overcome that fear is to gain knowledge. You have to understand who he is. So what I find interesting is how God used a medical doctor, Luke, to to reveal a spiritual dynamic. And and again, a medical doctor is the one who always needs, they need facts, they need figures, they need research. Medical doctors, uh, they started research. You know, they have other um, disciplines, English, math, sciences. But it was medical doctors who established the rules for all research. Uh, when you have different things, look at it. So this man understood that he had to prove it. And so he was hired by, by a man, Theophilus, to prove this, right? So Luke, the ph- ph- physician, writes with compassion and warmth. Because he, why? He's a, he's a physician. You know, doctors and nurses, they get into that profession because they, they ultimately care about people. They want to heal them, correct? So you can see he's a researcher, but he has compassion and he had warmth in his writing. So from the viewpoint of, a, a you would say Luke was a family doctor. So in his first book, the book of Luke, he carefully documents the perfect humanity of the son of man or, or Jesus. He looks at his birth. The virgin birth and everything medically, and he tries to prove it, and he does prove it, and he he chronicles it. He explains who Jesus was and where he came from. Ancestry all the way down to this moment. So Luke emphasizes three main points in in the book of Luke. His ancestry, his birth, and then his early life. Because he's a doctor. Remember, he's a family doctor. He's doing research on Jesus. In Acts, the second book of Luke, he focuses on the power that Jesus gave us. Because this was something that confused Luke. He, was, he, he needed facts, and there, there was this, there, this, this, this phenomenon that was happening that the people were endued with a power that was beyond his understanding. So here's a doctor who couldn't figure it out watching and chronicling and, and, and talking about this power that was for him, devoid of Jesus, but, but something else was there. And he was trying to explain it. He didn't understand it. So he focuses on the power. That Jesus gave us. Acts chapter 1, verse 3, it says there, Dear Theophilus, in my first book I told you about everything Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he ascended to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instruction from the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. On these occasions, you talk to them about the kingdom of God. So here again, Theophilus. That word Theophilus, his name means lover of God. What a great name, huh? You're called Theophilus, lover of God. Now, I don't know how it would go over now. Theophilus, what's up, Holmes? What's up, Theo? We call him Theo, right, man? (laughs) But he was a Christian uh, to whom uh, Luke dedicated the gospel, Luke, and the book of Acts. In fact, not did he just dedicate it. Theophilus, who was a man of high rank, possibly a Roman, hired Luke. He needed to find out. This man was so inquisitive. was a lover of God. His name describes. So he goes, I got to find out if this is true. That's why Theophilus hired a doctor. And you can almost say he wanted to disprove the fact that Jesus was born by a virgin. Because that can't happen. Who better to disprove it than a medical doctor? Unbeknownst to him, the doctor proved that Jesus was born that way. Right? The second book, he mentions that he told his story in the first book until Jesus gave the Great Commission, and then he went to heaven. During this time, Jesus gave understanding of the Scriptures. Jesus gave understanding, and you, that's the key. You have to begin to understand the Scriptures. Don't just read them, but understand them. Right? So in Acts, Luke is trying to explain, again, an unknown power source. Luke is trying to tell the about the power of the Holy Spirit. What many fail to realize is Jesus wasn't talking about anything new. So, so in other words, the Holy Spirit has always been here. It's just that people were so blinded by it, caught up in so many other things that they didn't realize He was there. He was available to them, right? You go all the way back into the Book of Joel in Chapter Two. It talks about that Joel. He said that He will pour out His Spirit upon all men. Right, Because the spirit of God is an old friend. Let's read Joel chapter 2, verse 28. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. So Joel knew there was a spirit. you know what's strange? I read it a long time ago and I go, "Why, why does it say... Old men will dream dreams, and young men will see visions. See, when I was young, I, I did see a lot of vision. I, I always seen things down the road, and, and, and it got me in trouble. But as I've gotten old, my wife can attest to this, I have more dreams. I, God gives me dreams about, about things, and I, and I come up, I go, well, I had a heavy dream. I told my wife a heavy dream I had the other day. I won't, I won't say it to you now. But it's so true. That was just a sidebar. Let's get back here. So Joel reminds us that the power of the Spirit is an old friend, the Holy Spirit. Luke reminds Theophilus of the instructions given of the promise. Now here's Jesus talking to his disciples, and he's not keeping a secret. He goes, look, this is what I want you to do. Verse 4 of chapter Acts 1. In one of these meetings, he was eating a meal with them. and He told them, do not leave Jerusalem till the Father sends you what the what he promised. The Father promised something. Remember. But he reminds them, I have told you about this before. John was baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now here he's telling the disciples, now understand that later on we read later that Apollos didn't have that, 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 that uh, baptism. He only had the water baptism. Now nothing, nothing against water baptism. Water baptism is a good thing. But, what, but the, all that does is get you wet. It is a baptism of the Holy Spirit that gets you on fire. And that's what you want. Amen? Amen? So at this moment, Jesus is giving them the most profound truth they'll ever hear. He's telling them something, and they had no interest. They just didn't get it. He goes, I'm gonna, you're going to have power. And, and it's like it just went over their head. Because if you look at the next scripture, they started talking about the kingdom. Right? They just like, he didn't say anything. He said, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking, Lord, are you going to free Israel now and restore our kingdom? So he, they're talking about what? Things that really didn't matter. He's saying, in a few days, I'm going to baptize you with a fire. Now, if somebody told you, in a few days, I'm going to baptize you with a fire, it wouldn't kind of give you a pause like, fire, what are you talking about? But it, like, they didn't even care. They go, but are you going to restore Israel? <laughs> if I were Jesus, good thing I wasn't Jesus, because I would have slapped the dude. Did, I, did you just hear what I said? No, but he didn't slap him, right? But he, 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 like, I'm talking to you, and it went right over your head, right? So it seems like God wants us to be more aware of the Holy Spirit, but we, like them, have so many other things that seem more important. Because we all put things, 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 in front of the Holy Spirit. And until you remove those things, then you'll have no Holy Spirit in your life. So there's only room for the one in you, the Holy Spirit, and nothing else. What have I always said? Some people don't get the Holy Spirit because they're so full of themselves, there's no room for Him. You got to empty yourself of you, right? See, so the apostles missed it. Jesus speaks of power, and they want position. It's just like in coming to church, I'm talking about power, and some people don't want power, they just want. Whatever they want. And I'm talking about giving you something that, that is beyond understanding. Hmm? See, sharing your need to be filled by the Spirit is difficult, right, for some because it does not make sense. And that's the problem. Think about it logically for a minute. Then I want to get you back off unlogically. The power of the Holy Spirit doesn't make sense. Come on, right? Let's think about it logically. The laying on of their hands. You mean by the laying on hands, I can transfer a spirit? Yeah, oh, that don't make sense, right? How about uh, speaking in tongues? Speaking in tongues, come on. You sound like Fred Finstone, yabba-dabba-doo. No, that doesn't make sense. Huh? Uh, uh, the power to heal the sick. Power to heal the sick. No, when I'm sick, I take NyQuil like the rest of us. You know what I'm saying? So th- when we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't make sense to the natural mind. And because the natural mind, to to that natural mind doesn't make sense, you know what the Holy Spirit does? He obliges you. He backs off. Right? Now, to those who have faith and receive it, he steps in. And so those who don't understand it will never understand it. Because they choose not to. See, God says, Jesus says, you need to let them come like little children. In fact, he says, you, if you're going to come to me, you must come like a child. Why? Because a child up to a certain age, you can tell them anything and they'll believe you. Right? You can tell them until they figure out, why are you lying to me? But if, when they're two years old, you could tell them anything. I'm Superman. My daddy's Superman. Right? And then they get older. My daddy's fat. He ain't Superman. Right? But that's, <laughs> they got to get older. But when they're little, they believe. See, but Jesus says he wants to come like a little child. Why? Because a little child will believe anything. So when you come to God, you have to have that kind of belief. Otherwise, you hinder what God wants to do in your life. Right? In Acts 1.8, he tells them. But when, it didn't say if, he says, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power. When it comes upon you, you will receive power. So that means... Don't raise your hand. If you've received the Holy Spirit, then you should have power. Now, if you say, well, I have the Holy Spirit, but I have no power, then I'm my friend. Let me let you in on something. You ain't got the Holy Spirit. Well, when I went up and I felt it. You might have felt an emotion, but when you have the Holy Spirit, he says, when it happens, you will have power. And the fact of the matter, the American church is losing power. Why? Because they're too busy watching TV and not praying. They're too busy doing other things and not studying. How do you expect to know the Holy Spirit if you don't spend enough time with him? That's like getting married and never coming home. Right? Or If I married my wife, I'm going to marry my wife today and never come home. I'll see you in a month. How long will that marriage happen Last? Not very long, unless you're, you know, a, a, you know, sucker or something like that. But you know, I mean, anybody normal say, "Yeah, you got to kick rocks." Well, if we're we're human. What do you think the Holy Spirit is gonna say? Hey, I'll come, but if, if if you're not gonna open the door, kick rocks. I gotta go somewhere else. I gotta go to where I'm welcomed, where somebody wants to, di- to have a dialogue, where somebody wants to operate, right? So there's several things to take note there. It says you will receive power, and look at, here's the second part. This is the evidence. I can tell if, if you're filled with Holy Ghost. Watch. First, you'll receive power, and then you'll tell people about me everywhere. You just won't be able to shut up. When I got saved, I just could not shut up. Just I was talking about people everywhere. I go everywhere talk about Jesus, talk about the Lord, talk about what God has done in my life, preach. I'm, I'm just preaching. Pre- Why? Because there's something inside of me that makes me do it. Well, it kind of makes me do it. I want to do it, but it's in me. I can't control myself. I got to do all I can do to control myself. I've been, you know, places where people are sophisticated. You know, I've been with judges and, and the senator. I was in with the senator. I go, don't make me lay hands on you, uh, senator. He goes, come on, Pastor Al. No, no, you know me. I'll pray for you right here. Not in front of Al. Al not in front of everybody. I go, I don't play. I go, don't you know? I, I got power. See these hands? Power. I'll, I'll even mess with them. And they know. They know I'm gonna, I'm, because I'm, I'm, why? Because I can't contain it. It's inside me. So when you're baptized, you will have power and you will tell people everywhere. You know, forget high five, high 25. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of you we were in the high five movement. You didn't call two people. Mm, ouch. That, I, that hurt me right there. <laughs> so several things to take note here. Before being sent, You must have power. And your spoken word receives power from the Holy Spirit. Comes out. You're gonna have power, and what you say has weight. You know, before you you said, ah, shut up, but now you're saying things people listen. Wait a minute. Now you're making sense. Before you were nonsense. Now you're actually making sense to me, dude. What happened to you? Man, I got baptized the Holy Ghost. Well, I went to victory. pastor laid hands on me. Man, I, you, let me tell you more. And then you start talking. And, and people believe you. Why? Because there's a power there. There's a power. You don't understand it, and they don't understand it. Huh? But God does. Second thing is very important. Evangelism, talking about going, it's not a local event. You said you, you will tell everybody in Jerusalem, Judea, and unto the ends of the earth. Locally, regionally and globally. See, that's your responsibility. Once you're filled with the power, you just can't hold on to it and, and, and go to school and write a thesis. That's not good enough. You're going to have to get it, use it, huh, use it and reuse it and no, abuse it and just keep doing it and doing it until God can fill you up. Right? If you get it and you give it, he's got to give you more. If you get it and you don't give it, he is not obligated to give you anything. That's why some people go, go around, bless me, Lord, go from place to place looking for a blessing. You don't look for a blessing. You are the blessing. What are you talking about? Where are you going? I'm gonna go get blessed. Don't be get don't go get blessed, go be blessed. Be somebody's blessed, and then watch what God does in your life. Why? Because now you're moving under the unction of the Holy Ghost. If you're just gonna go somewhere to be, to get blessed, that, that that's that's what you might as well just you know be a groupie. Follow a group around because you want to be blessed. That's all you are. Oh, you're a Christian groupie. I knew some of them. Oh, this speaker, I'm going to go see him. Why? Because I want to get blessed. What is he going to do? He's going to blow on me. I'm going to fall down. Shit. I'll, I'll blow you. I'll fall. Make you fall down right now, right on the chin. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bum. Huh? No, make no mistake. We must be proficient locally and build our church. Huh, before we can extend ourselves outwardly. Because I want to go into the Pacific Rim, but I can't, I can't hit that Pacific Rim until we have 20 light groups, because they're giving and they're going to fund it. So I, and I can't have 20 light groups until some of you said, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll go into training. I'll do something. And when you start doing it, then we start growing. We start multiplying. And you said, Well, not me. I'm talking to you. Look at your neighbors. He's talking to me. Yeah, oh, you, come on, all of you, look at your name. I'm talking to you. Not that, it, oh, no, I'm not ready, oh, I'm not ready. I'm talking to No, brother. I'm talking to Sister Sosa. So, no, I'm talking to you, sister. I'm talking to you, brother. Because if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you can do it. If you're not doing it, then maybe, maybe we better continue here. <laughs> Acts 19, 1 and 3. Apollos was at Corinth, right? Paul took the road through the interior and right of emphasis. He found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? When you believe, they answered, no. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Now understand, there's nothing wrong with John's baptism, right? A lot of my friends are Baptists, right? But there's nothing wrong with that. But that was John's baptism, right? Right? And it was good enough for Jesus, because Jesus allowed John to baptize him. But even John says, look, I'm going to baptize you with water, but one will come that I'm not worthy to put on the sandal. He will baptize you in fire. And that is the fire of the Holy Spirit. He goes, oh, and Paul and his said, you got John's baptism. He's a cool dude. I like him. John's all right with me. But I'm going to give you something better, because you got to get something better. Why do you have to get something better? Because Jesus said you needed to get the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not enough just to get John. And John's baptism, what, what it means is you repented. You said, God, I'm sorry. I repent. You recognize that Jesus is Lord. You've repented. But you, that's only part of the process. Mm. So he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? So most come to church and are ushered into John's baptism while neglecting the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Matthew three eleven. I I mentioned this scripture. It says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Right? So again, John's baptism is bound and subject to repentance, but not to faith in Christ. John's baptism was accompanied with confession and was an act of obedience to, to, call, to the call to renounce all sin and believing in the coming Redeemer from sin. That's what, that was John's baptism. Verse 5 of Matthew 3. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. And this is what many believers do today. You know, and the pastors oblige them. Christians, churches rather, oblige by setting up a baptismal. Or First of all, I forget, if you have not accepted Jesus and you heard the call, come forward and accept Jesus into your heart. And that's a good thing. We're not knocking that. And then we say this prayer and they accept Jesus in the heart. Sounds good and holy, but they've never done that in Scripture. We do that. And there's nothing wrong with it. And then we oblige it by, because we do it once a year, right? Labor Day, we're going to have our picnic, and we're going to go out to Memorial Park, and we're going to have a baptism, and we're going to dunk you in water. And we do. No, well, we dunk, and then we eat. Dunk and eat. We know how to do it, right, man? <laughs> we have a picnic. But that's just a ceremonial uh, response to what's taking place in your life. There's something that's way beyond that, that's between you and the Lord. I, I can't conjure up, I can't grab your tongue and wiggle it and make you speak in tongues between you and God. And you have to seek it. God, I want this. I want to meet this, this power. I want, to, I want it. See, John confessed, right? And that was it. See, this type of Christianity is lacking because you have a whole generation of Christians who have confessed Jesus as the Lord but have done nothing for him. They come to church one way, and they leave the same. And they're, they're faithful. They build churches. They build buildings. We've seen them all over. edifices. I've been to building huge buildings. And I look at the people, and they were about as dry as the Sahara Desert. Like, wow, what's up here? But you know, they're, 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 they, they, they're good people. They don't, they're not like Victor Arch people. They ain't robbing banks and stabbing people. You know what I mean? <laughs> These are good people. But because of their goodness, they think they're okay. Mm-mm. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. See, that's the good thing about VO. We know we're messed up. Hello, somebody. And we said, man, we're messed up. We're the Holy Ghost. I need something, man, because if, if I don't get the Holy Ghost, I'm going to stab somebody right now. I'm, 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 I am messed up, right? And some of you, under the Holy Ghost, we gotta, he, he got to hold you back because you still want to stab somebody. Amen. Yes. Holy Ghost has work with you. He holds you back. Oh, back doggy. So <laughs> what happened when you believed? See, he asked this question, but I ask you, what happened when you believed? What happened? Did anything happen? See, when I, when I got baptized, oh, man, I, I, I went radical. My wife knows because she met me before. But BC, I wasn't as bad as some of my friends know because I was trying to get better, but I couldn't get better. You know how it is. I'm going to quit getting high, and you quit for a week, <laughs> you know? and then you're right back at it. You know what I'm talking about. I said, I'm not going to do no cocaine, nothing, 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 nothing. I'm, I'm straight. I'm gonna, I am gonna. got willpower, and then I get loaded again, right, and my wife busts me. I'm sorry, baby. I won't do it again. That only works so much, right? Eventually, I realized, you know what? I just can't stop. Brother likes to get high. I, I had to, You know, I just like getting high, and I can't stop. Anybody been there? Come on, don't leave me hanging. I'm just by myself, right? That's how I was, man. I was like, man, I just. Can't. And then I realized, I, when I finally came to understand, you know what, I, I need God. I, I can't do it, man. And I wanted to do it, but I just couldn't do it, right? So when I came to the Lord. I remember the first time, you know, I come to God, church, you know, and I know, I remember, you got to understand my background, never been to church, right? I knew about, you know, I well, was of the Holy Ghost because there was Catholics all around me, and, and I was by the, My mother was a witch, so I never got involved in church. So I the first time I came to church, I've seen people and all these people speaking in tongues. Like Ooh, this is like this is really weird people here, man. Now I know why they call them Holy Rollers because they're like really weird. And then I've seen it the first time. This preacher was preaching and laid hands, you know, preached for, and they fell out. Boom! I was oh no. I said, I mean, I go, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) I don't know what these fools are up to. I'm thinking this, right? In church, I don't know what these fools are up to, but I don't know, that ain't right. And so I was always, you know, and and so very wrong. And my wife was was growing up in church. I go, what was that? She go, oh, that's called slaying the spirit. Slaying the what? Oh, give me a break. You know, I don't know about all that slaying the spirit thing. I don't know. And so I was like tripping. I went to a life group. And Jack Lopez and Annie, they they were in there and, I just, you know, come in new and they're doing the life group and I'm going through their, their, their little lesson plan. And he goes, oh, we're going to pray. I said, sure, i pray. I'm cool. Pray. All right. So I got, and then all of a sudden I'm praying. And then this guy, Jack, started praying for me, right? And then after he prayed for me, then I, when I had my eyes closed. When I opened my eyes, I was laying down. <laughs> no, I was mad. I was laying down, and I jumped up like. <laughs> so I opened my eyes, and I realized I was laying on the ground. Then I jumped up, and I looked at my wife. I go, no, nah, man. I'm oh, I would like tripping. I go, and I got my coffee cup. I went, I went grab my coffee. I go, that brother put something in my coffee. Huh. I told her that. I go, "That that that. Who Who are these people? I thought I knew him, man. The, the, he, he put something in my coffee. I, uh, my wife says, no, he didn't. I go, no, shut up. I know she, he, I, the, nah, uh. <laughs> He put some. I was tripping, man. And I guess Jack knew it. He comes and he goes, hey, Al, you okay? No, no, what'd you do, bro? Hey, I'm not gonna be coming over your crib like this, man. You put something in my coffee. I know you did. <laughs> he goes, no, no, no. That was the power of the Holy, okay, power of the Holy Spirit. Shut up. I was, I was like, tripping. And I went home. I go, I ain't going to that guy's house no more. <laughs> He can, if he's going to be dragging me, I don't know how, I, I'm i trying to get off drugs. <laughs> right, I came to church to get off drugs. If I would have known that, I would have came to church a long time ago. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was tripping, right? Tripping. I go, whoa, this is heavy stuff. So now I'm trying to like, okay, God, what are you doing to me here? Because when I got saved, when I believed something happened to me, I, you know, then, they, then, then again, they pray for people. Oh, you're going to speak in tongues. And everybody gets prayed for it, not me. I'm like, all these people man, just running around talking this crazy language. I didn't know they're Arabs. They look Mexican. Maybe they're Arabs. I you know, Arab, Mexican, they look the same. <laughs> right? I'm like, well, I don't know, what, kind of, what is that language? You know, I'm like, whoa. So I didn't buy that. I didn't buy that either. I said, like, no, 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 no. So we go home. <clears throat> we had our apartment. a little. We had bought a condo there in Tree Court. And I was, I was, my wife, I don't know where she was at. I'm in the bedroom just praying, mind my own business, enjoying myself, and praying to God, and I'm praying, and my eyes are closed. I'm praying. Next thing I know, I hear some strange, you know, sound. I heard a a strange language. I go, I I open my go, who's talking? It was me. I jumped out of bed. I remember I ran to Debbie uh, because I'm a new man. I go, "Hey, I was in there. I was praying, and then I started speaking in tongues. I don't know about this tongue stuff, but somebody laid their hands on me. I was on the on my bed, just like I always do, praying and praying. Next thing I know, I was praying in tongues, and it was so weird. I didn't know I was praying. It was me. I thought somebody else was in the room. I go, "Who's in the room? Talk like that." Until I finally realized it was me. See, something happened when I received the Holy Spirit, right? Acts 2.1, I'm going to come in for Landy. On the day of Pentecost, Acts 2.1, seven weeks after Jesus' resurrections, the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and the skies above them, and it filled the house where they were meeting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Now remember, he's describing, Luke is writing. Why? Because he got eyewitness accounts from these in the room, from them. He's a doctor. He didn't just write by here, so he had to get eyewitness accounts. So he didn't just go to one person. There was 120 in the room. So you can imagine this doctor who's researching going to peer person, to person, to person, to person. And then he begins to describe. Now they tell me that when they did this, they, the, the room filled. So he's describing it. And he says, tongues of fire. Because they all describe this thing. And I've had that experience where God came into the room and the whole room got foggy. And I'm rubbing my eyes like, what's, what's going on here? What's happening? What's going on? Because I'm, I'm really tripping. And like I said, I did a lot of drugs. And I go, man, I, I, I'm, I'm having a flashback, I think. I'm, I took too much window pain or LSD. Something's happening to me. And then when I got my senses back, it, it was, it was God had come in. So these things, when I read them, I go, I know what that means. Why? Because I know what God has done for me. Why did he do that? Because I was so innocent to the things of God, I didn't question them. I didn't, cause I, ha- I had no reference point. Remember, no God, not- the only thing close I had to God was my wife Deborah, cause she was raised in church. And I go, "What's this?" And she would try to tell me, and I go, "Ah, oh, bunch of malarkey." And she go, "What's this?" And she try, "Oh man," because we would have arguments. I said, "There's no such thing as God." I told her that when I met her. There ain't no God. There is a God. No, there is no God. Give me a break. I just tell her, God is for weak people. Remember, I'm saying these things, and I know God's in heaven. I'll probably say, "Oh yeah, weak." Oh, and there's people, these guys, you know, I would all just mock them. And I can imagine God mock number one, mock number two. So when I received him, he came and he reminded me. Oh, so you're going to talk Nick? He didn't say it like that, but I'm trying to give you an interpretation. Huh? So, so you're going to talk about me? And when he came to the room, he goes, You believe me now? Huh? All of a sudden, I said, Whoa, man. I, I, I was talking Nick, and I would talk. I was like Man, God, I'm sorry. I talked all kinds of garbage about you. I even told my wife that I was a devil. I I did all this. I did all that. I began to confess everything that I did. I I used to be the Apostle Paul of my, you know, in the military. And we had Christians there. I would persecute the Christians for fun. It was like, instead, you know, some of you would go hunting for, you know, or go skiing. I'd go looking for Christians just to mess with them. I did. Like, what are you going to do today? I'm going to go mess with this brother. He's from Redondo Beach. Oh, he thinks he loves the law. I'm going to go mess with him. What are you going to do? I'm going to put pornography pictures all over his wall just to mess with his head. That's cruel, cold-blooded, dude. I said, come on. I'm I'm confessing to myself. My wife looks at me and shakes her head. And that's what I did for sport. So after God comes to me, and I know when he touched me, he touched me. He reminded me of everything I did. So I had a lot of repenting to go on. I had a lot of, I'm sorry. I still have not run to this brother from Redondo Beach. You know who's pastoring Redondo Beach right now? Pastor Mitchell Peterson started a church this, this couple years ago. I have run not run into him yet. I would persecute him. Why? Because I didn't believe in this power. I didn't believe there was a God that could change things. I didn't believe all that. So I knew one power. I knew a demonic power. I knew about witchcraft. I knew about the other. But I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. So when I got saved, something happened. And I recognized the Most High Oh, and I, then I would begin to mock my, my mom and her, her, her cohorts because she had a, a whole group of witches that would practice their witchcraft and make money. And I would come up to them and I would say, oh, you're still playing with that limited power. I would tell them, Olga, her name, Olga, you're still messing around with the limited power? Come here, let me lay hands on you. She goes, get away from me. She was saying in Spanish. No, no, I got all power. Jesus says all power in heaven and earth has been given to me. Come here, I'm going to lay my hands on you. And then my wife, my wife, my mom would grab me. see what She goes, stop it, leave her alone. I go, no, because now I understood, I got the power. See, and the problem is most Christians don't understand that power is not just for the pastor. That power is for you. It's for all of you, where you can walk in authority, where you're not always struggling with the same stupid sin. You know what I'm saying? Because some, some people struggle over the same thing over and over and over. And that doesn't mean you're not going to blow it every now and then. Of course you can blow it every now and then. But that should be every now and then, not every day. Hello? See, if you're struggling every day with the same thing, then, my friend, today before you leave, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're struggling with your thought life and you can't keep it in check, then today you need the power of the Holy Spirit. If you don't know if you're called or not called, you're struggling because your job is more important, then today you need the power of the Holy Spirit. See, God wants to bless you beyond where you're at. And we're in America. We are blessed. It's almost hard to imagine he wants to bless us beyond where we're at because we're blessed. Yeah. Well, you don't believe you know, They talk about they make in Asia $10 a day. And if they got a car, they're lucky. Right? Because the cars over there cost the same as the cars here. So they got to work like for, for, you know, two, three years just to get a down payment. Uh, just to get a down payment. And they do it. And we're in America. And we just sit on it. So I'm here to to encourage you. That you are blessed. And you shouldn't feel guilty about being blessed. Unless you're not doing. What God has called you to do. With your blessings. If that's you. Then today you need John's baptism. You need to repent. And once you repent. If you want to do something about it. You need Jesus' baptism. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. If that's you. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. God is going to speak to your heart. Hmm? Seven weeks after the resurrection, that number seven being very important because that's talked about God's creative power. Creation was assigned seven days. The recreation of mankind was assigned seven times seven meaning that each believer will have seven times the power at creation. Why? Because God wants us to do greater things. He, Jesus says, greater things you shall do in my name. Greater things. And Jesus did a lot of great things. But we're called to do greater things. What does it take? It takes a pay, people empowered by the Holy Spirit What does it take people who will commit to their call? Not to stop what you're doing, but to enhance what you're doing. To grow right where you're at and to grow. To do more. Not just for yourself, like we've always been taught me and myself, me and my family. That's good. That's not good enough. It's what about God and His purpose? So we got to shift it around and say, I want to put God's purpose in the forefront. Because from this moment forward, I will believe God to take care of everything that is dear to my heart. Do you believe that? I believe it. So God wants to move on you suddenly. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, the Holy Spirit, is hovering over your life as he hovered over the waters of creation. And as he's hovering, he's speaking to you. He's talking to you. He's telling you, Are you ready for me? If you're ready for the power of the Holy Spirit, don't look around. Don't wait for anybody else. I want you to come forward because I want to pray for you. Boogeyman. And, um, you know, you get afraid. You know, know. He's he's not Casper the Friendly Ghost.